Welcome back to the Joshua Shaw audio experience. Firstly, thank you for giving me a bit of your attention. I'm honored you trusted me with it, and I promise to return the favor by giving you a ton of edutainment value back. In my newest podcast episode, I'll update you on the recent performance of the global nutrition company that owns the largest sports nutrition brand in the world, but also explain why Optum Nutrition might be playing second fiddle to IsoPure in the beverage format soon. But before we get started, I would love if you took 48 seconds out of your day to leave a rating or review whichever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. This helps me out immensely in terms of extending the reach of my podcast, but more importantly, allows me to make improvements based on your feedback. Thank you again. Now enjoy my newest podcast episode. Sometimes when you're looking for billion-dollar opportunities, you can easily overlook those little details that can change everything. I'll get to decoding that introductory statement a bit later in this content, but on February 28th of 2024, Glambia updated the public markets by releasing its 2023 full-year earnings report. I'll be utilizing that financial information along with the notes I took while listening to the earnings conference call and any relevant publicly disclosed news to obviously update you on the recent performance of Glambia and specifically Glambia Performance Nutrition, but also utilize everything to provide insights about the global sports and active nutrition markets. Just some quick financial mumbo jumbo housekeeping for us Americans. These numbers that you'll hear throughout this content will be full year results for 2023. So 12 months, not three. You'll also be hearing me provide comparative percentages on a constant currency basis, which just means the currency fluctuations of this multinational company are stripped out for the ease of comparisons. Okay, enough with those formalities. Let's start with a quick update on that financial data. Wholly owned revenues were $5.43 billion, which was down 8.7% year over year. This is comprised of pricing being down 7.7% and volume being down 0.5%. Additionally, Glambia had a negative 0.5% impact from the disposal of assets during the comparative period. For those that might not be too familiar, Glambia is made up of two wholly owned divisions. Let's start by covering the larger one, Glambia Nutritionals which is also made up of two subdivisions, the U.S. cheese side and nutritional solutions. In 2023, Glambia Nutritionals generated revenues of $3.63 billion, which was down 14.2% year over year. Since most of that divisional revenue comes from the U.S. cheese side, results were greatly impacted, mostly from the year over year pricing declines in dairy commodity markets. Now, I haven't spent too much time on the Glambia Nutritionals division, even though it's obviously extremely important to the overall business, but that's going to change a bit going forward. This is mostly because Glambia recently amended the commercial arrangements associated with the U.S. cheese venture. That's effective January 1st of 2024. That being said, I won't get into the financial implications because it's not contextually relevant here, but it will bring focus towards the other subdivision, Nutritional Solutions. I'm going to detail everything out more throughout this year's content, but Nutritional Solutions has higher margins and stronger alignment within the value-add, better nutrition focus of Glambia. Nutritional Solutions has made substantial acquisitions over the last four years, thus broadening its capabilities to be the ingredients partner of choice to some of the world's leading brands, including its own, like Optum Nutrition. The strategic focus of Nutritional Solutions is to one, build on its core strength in custom premixed solutions, two, scale extensive protein capability and deep expertise in that area, and then also thirdly, 
scale complementary technologies it acquired previously, and then also look for further mergers and acquisitions opportunities. But let's move on to the other Glambia division, Glambia Performance Nutrition, which is made up of nutritional brands like the previously mentioned Optum Nutrition, among a handful of others. The division had revenue of $1.8 billion, which increased 4.8% year over year. The brand portfolio continued to have strong pricing power in the market, with it being up 5.4%, but price elasticity as demand caused volume decline of 0.6% in 2023. Let's look at the GPN revenue by region, starting with the international region, which makes up 35% of the total divisional revenue. The international markets, which also includes international direct-to-consumer, grew year-over-year revenue by 12.8%. Growth across the region was broad-based and driven by both volume and price growth of GPN's flagship global brand, Optum Nutrition. Then, more domestically speaking, the Americas region that currently makes up 65% of the total GPN divisional revenue. In 2023, America's geographical revenue was up 0.9%. To provide more context to that number, especially for the largest part of it in the United States, let's look at performance by product category. And we can start at the largest category within GPN, which is performance nutrition. This product category now makes up about 62% of the total GPN revenue and saw 17% year-over-year growth coming from both pricing and volume gains. In terms of U.S. market retail consumption growth in track channels, performance nutrition was up 13.7% over the last 52-week period ending December 31st of 2023. In 2023, Optum Nutrition generated over $1.1 billion in revenue. That makes it the number one sports nutrition brand in the world and also the top sports nutrition brand in 18 different countries. Optum Nutrition has benefited from its leading market position, increased marketing activation in brand investments, expanded distribution in velocities, and the protein powder format value proposition continuing to resonate with consumers. That also helped Isopure drive distribution and volume growth, which is a good transition into the next biggest GPN product category, which is healthy lifestyle. This is made up of brands like Isopure, Think, and Amazing Grass. Healthy Living makes up about 18% of the total GPN revenue. It's been particularly strong over the last several years with full year 2023 results showing revenue growth of 10.7% year over year. And even more impressively was that the US market retail consumption growth in track channels was up 11.2% over the 52 week period ending December 31st of 2023. And lastly, of the GPN product categories, weight management has been a drag on the portfolio and honestly, the entire supplement industry throughout the last three to four years. With its recent poor performance, and that's putting it extremely nicely, SlimFast is now only 9% of the total GPN revenue. In 2023, SlimFast saw a terrible 35.3% year-over-year decline in revenue, and then U.S. market retail consumption also declined in equally as bad at negative 34.1%. So what the fuck is going on at SlimFast? I mean, I've probably shared an hour of commentary over the last few years, but let's talk about where the legacy brand sits inside of the evolving weight management category. 65% of Americans stated recently in a survey that they wanted to lose weight. So it's not an issue of demand. The issue stems mostly from the advent of the GLP-1 drugs that have become a major disruptor to this category. These new drugs are providing a customer experience that's closer to that like mythical image of a magic pill, even though it's in the shot form. 
That's an issue for every weight management brand, and they must navigate the reality that though these drugs currently have low penetration within the United States, that will likely change quite quickly in the near-term future. SlimFast already went through a recent brand refresh, and that was supported by new pack design, creative content, and product innovation, but currently that strategic game plan isn't resonating with the market, and U.S. retailers are reducing shelf space for the brand, along really with the traditional weight management category overall. So what can SlimFast do against the backdrop of these pharmaceutical weight loss solutions? They need to streamline everything about the brand, from its offerings to its communication strategy. The biggest critical needs that are gaining awareness of GLP-1 users are protein, nutrient density, and digestion. So I think the only way to survival for SlimFast is through cutting all the fat, no pun intended, and begin focusing on the core meal replacement platform. For this last part of the content, I'm going to do what I did in some of the previous quarters and just kind of share a collection of hot takes or things I'm left pondering about Glambia at this current time. And let's start with maybe one of the easier ones first. It was hyped up that along with continued brand investments, the Think Protein Bar brand, which has gained sales momentum after the great shutdown period, will see an exciting licensing partnership come sometime later this year. Few thoughts here. First, it better be a major, you know, quote unquote, A-level licensing partner because Glambia can't limp into this almost like feels like dated categorical strategy. And then two, why not go big with something on the Optum Nutrition brand where you have massive distribution already? And maybe that's a good transition into the next hot take, which is around the changing distribution mix at GPM. I've already noted that the categoric proliferation has created an environment where more consumers are purchasing performance nutrition position products at grocery stores and mass retailers. But what about the digital channel? Maybe I'll start with something I stated four years ago about Glambia. Thirdly was around Glambia Performance Nutrition, the team as a whole, just making sure they had a much stronger digital and creative uh, kind of team members, because that is essentially where this is all kind of going. You need to make sure that you have the right skills in house, especially for a active nutrition portfolio that's worth about $1.5 billion. In 2023, online made up 32% of the total GPN revenue, which is a little more than $576 million. Based on that e-commerce revenue number and kind of triangulating the my protein digital portion of THG Nutrition, it would mean Glambia is definitely within striking distance of becoming the largest online sports nutrition company in the world. How does Glambia plan to make that happen? They shifted the GPN CFO into a new role of Chief Digital and Transformation Officer. Okay, whatever I say next isn't me throwing shade directly and especially not towards the person they picked for this role. Instead, my commentary is directed towards the Glambia organization overall. Glambia is notorious for leaning further into what they know or maybe what McKinsey and Company or whatever management consulting firm is in their ears think instead of filling the gaps of its weakness. Said another way, Glambia doesn't need more structure to support digital productivity and growth. Instead, Glambia needs to understand that direct-to-consumer isn't a sales channel, it's a relationship with your customer. No offense to the creative or brand or marketing teams, cross-functionally, whatever, 
because they are great at big CPG brand management, but not necessarily scrappy digital storytelling. Point in case, they're adding influencers like Rob Gronkowski to Optum Nutrition when those two brands' tonality is completely mismatched, in my opinion. Plus, he's been with several different nutritional companies over his career. But here's the deal, though. Optum Nutrition is growing across all channels, and any resistance that's caused by poor execution across brand strategy touchpoints will be hard to isolate within the organization until it's too late, thus causing a bigger redirection eventually. And that's maybe a good transition into the next hot take that involves the brand Isopure. In last quarter's Glambia content, you might have noticed I've grown a bit distraught over the inability of Optum Nutrition to have a protein RTD offering that's competing closely with the likes of market leaders, Premier Protein, Fairlife or Core Power, and Muscle Milk. But maybe I was looking at this problem from the wrong angle. Maybe the answer to competing in the growing protein beverages market is through Isopure. But you might be asking why hasn't Isopure been successful to those massive levels either yet? Packaging, timing, and a little bit of iterative liquid innovation. Firstly, there's a catch-22 situation with the packaging of the Isopure RTDs. As the glass bottle is an amazing customer experience, but it's also a pain in the ass for beverage distribution. So Glambia is making the swap to plastic packaging, which I think is a great move when you consider that Isopure has already started using the protein powder SKUs as a large retail Trojan horse strategy. With Isopure substantially growing its distribution and velocities recently within club and mass channels, it's the perfect time to open up conversations around additional merchandising opportunities within those retailers and also think about expansion into more of the grocery channel. Additionally, data is showing that nearly half of Isopure's customers are new to the protein category, aka providing incrementality, which is highly attractive to any retailer. Moreover, I think Isopure is perfectly positioned to become an on-trend, high-protein, low-carb lifestyle brand. Also, it's my belief that clear, at least fruit-flavored ones, protein RTDs, will become really hot demand-wise here in the back half of the 2020s as protein technology has improved in that space. So what does this kind of all roll up into? It's time to start increasing momentum here on the Isopure brand. That starts with increased brand investments, using the powders to initially help increase overall brand household penetration and have a sound but aggressive beverage sales strategy. Isopure can and really should be a $500 million brand in the next five years, but only if the new CEO brings a bit more edginess to the GPN division than when he was leading it the last few years. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If you have any comments or questions about anything I discussed during it, open the podcast episode notes and click on any of my social media account links to reach out to me directly. 